Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about taking off the limits. And then we'll go back into worship and I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I hope we kind of fit it all in, but take your seats for now. We've been away for a few weeks and over that period of time I've been doing some walking and some talking and seeking God and asking Him what He would have for uh, for us this year. And I felt God begin to speak to me about taking off the limits. I think all of us know what 2020 brought and all of us have got our own story to tell around that, but no matter what last year was like, all I know is that our eyes are upon our future. And so we are stepping into our future. And as I began to think about taking off the limits, I want to take you tonight into a scripture that I'm sure that we all know, we've all heard, we've heard preached. or And uh, it was a significant moment when I felt God begin to speak to me because I was walking along a path. There's a waterway there where we usually go. And I'm looking out onto the water, and this passage of Scripture that I want to touch on in a moment or two was when Jesus walked on the water. And I was looking out at this waterway, and there were the jet skiers and the boaties and people fishing off the rocks, and I thought, how would they feel, what would be their reaction if all of a sudden Jesus appeared on this waterway and began to walk across the water? They would think and probably react just like the disciples did in the boat that we have seen a ghost, it's an apparition. Was I imagining something? What was that that I just saw? And it was at that moment that I was thinking about, you know, the reaction. And I began to take a walk into this scripture that we'll go to in just a little minute. But before we go into that, you need to know what had been taking place with these disciples before they saw Jesus on the water. And they had just been in this region where he had fed thousands, thousands of people with the loaves and the fish that no doubt you know as well. And they had witnessed, they had experienced, they'd been part of the distribution process, they'd eaten themselves And they had witnessed this miracle of the multiplication of the food, the fish, and the bread. These early followers of Jesus were experiencing what Jesus was able to do, who he was firsthand. And you and I sit in this generation with the enormous privilege and benefit of hearing their testimony, their story, that which they have witnessed. And so I'll go through Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to 56. It's 11 verses, but I'm going to abbreviate, abbreviate things so that we've got time to do some things in a moment. But what's taking place here is that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. And he goes on ahead of them to Bethsaida and he has dismissed the crowd. And after leaving them, he goes up onto a mountain And he begins to pray, leaving his disciples sent out in the boat on the lake. And in the middle of the lake, you you guessed it, there is this huge wind and storm that blows up. 
And when you do a history of this region, it's not uncommon for strong winds to suddenly blow up and for boats in that region to be thrown around. And he sees his disciples and they are straining. They're straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And at the fourth watch of the night, he goes out to them and this is the moment, like this is the moment that they see him walking on the water. And I find it interesting that the scripture tells us that he is about to pass them by when he realizes they're terrified. They think that they've seen a ghost and they cry out and Jesus speaks these words to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And here's the moment that I want us to go to. Instead of walking by them, he climbs into the boat with them. He climbs into the boat with them. And when he does that, the wind dies down immediately. And the scripture tells us that they were completely amazed at what has taken place, but there's some more to this. And it says that they were amazed because they had not understood the loaves, the fish, the feeding of the thousands, because their hearts were hardened. We'll go to that in a minute. And then it says they cross over and they land in Gennesaret and they anchor there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, the people recognized Jesus and they ran throughout the whole region, carrying the sick on the mats, wherever he was. And then they go into the villages, the towns, the countrysides, and they place the sick in the marketplaces and they beg Jesus to let them touch even the edge of his garment. This is the story. This is the experience that I want us to go in tonight, there were three times, there were three eyewitnesses that registered Jesus walking on this water. And they're the three eyewitnesses that you'll read about this in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and John. Luke was not on this, on this trip. He comes later. And firstly, we need to know that Jesus is the one who sends them out into the boat. Jesus is the one that sends them onto the lake while he separates himself and goes to the mountainside. They had followed his word. They'd followed his command. They followed his direction. They did exactly what they were told to do. And so for those of us in the room, for those that are just beginning their walk and their journey with God, if ever you thought that following the voice and the direction of God will always lead you to perfect experiences, perfect days, perfect stories, perfect things coming your way. We only have to read this story at men who had followed the voice of Jesus and found themselves in a storm. And Jesus reaches them and they're straining. This is not an easy moment. They are straining. If ever you've been in a boat and you've got those oars working and you are going against the current, you're going against the wind, there is a strain and they are 
trying to get out of the storm, they're trying to get to shore, but they are found to be straining. We've probably all been there. We've strained to find work. We've strained to find our peace. We've strained to overcome. We've strained to feel better about everything. We've strained in a friendship. We've strained in some area of our life. And they're not getting anywhere fast. And Jesus sees two things with them. One, that they are straining. And number two, he sees their fear. And I think this sums up where we've all been at times, where perhaps even someone in the room tonight, this exactly describes your story today. It doesn't end there. And Jesus' voice comes and he speaks to their lives. He speaks into their lives. And I want you to know this, that the words of Jesus have much greater authority over your life than your strain, than your fear, than your uncertainty, than the wind, than the storms, than any experience that's come against your life, even if there's been a strain. The authority of God's voice is greater than the strain. Even if you find yourself right in the middle, right in the center of God's will, these guys were in the middle of God's will. They were doing exactly what they'd been told to do. And he said, take courage, it is I, and do not be afraid. And I love the words that it says, and Jesus climbed into the boat with them. And the wind dies down. Telling us that he had control over the elements, over the wind, over the storm, and calm and peace came when he climbed into the boat. And I want us to think on that for a second or two because we are not called to be spectators. We are not called to be observers. We're not called to just be church attendees. We are called to be men and women of God who said, Jesus, come into my boat. I don't want to be the one that said, I saw you go by. I heard about the story of somebody else's story, but I want you in my boat. Whatever your boat is today, is it a family boat? Bring him into your boat. Has your boat been knocked around by the winds? Has your work been knocked around? Has your health been knocked around? Has there been something else that has been thrown around? Well, God gave me a word and said it's time to take off the limits. Take off the limitations. Remove them. For we are called to walk and to praise and to declare. His presence, his authority and all that he always has been and all that he ever will be in our lives is greater than any wind that is trying to throw you around today. Matthew chapter 14, we won't turn there, but it says that the wind ceased. This is Matthew's account. It says that the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And it's like this moment of realization or this moment of declaration or this moment of understanding that truly he is a deity, that truly he is the Son of God. 
that truly he does have authority, that truly this name, this name Jesus is greater than any other name that I've ever known in my life. And it seemed to be their moment of receiving because these guys had already been sitting on the grass watching the food be multiplied earlier and it didn't seem to be their moment of understanding. It didn't seem to be their moment where they recognized that this is the Son of God because the Scripture tells us their hearts were hardened, which tells me that you and I can get familiar even with the things of God that we can sit in a zillion church services and our hearts aren't open and we haven't got into that place of saying, truly you are the Son of God in my life. And we watch him go by instead of watching him come in. And it says that these disciples were amazed because they had not understood the loaves and the fish and their hearts were hardened. I read this, I thought about this, I prayed about this, I've walked and talked with God on this, and I think I now get it. Because I too am like them, I've witnessed miracles. I've seen God move, I've seen answers to prayer. I've seen the touch of God on my life, I've seen the touch of God on others' lives. I've been in the most extraordinary church services that I'm very privileged to say I've been a part of. And yet, and yet, I've sat in many church services where nothing in my heart was moved, where nothing was changed, where I was not receptive. And God reminded me and said that these guys saw it all and yet their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened. If we came in here with a few fish and a few bits of bread and there was only enough to feed five people and yet it kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying all the way out into our community, wouldn't you think we'd have a heart that is open and say God can do anything in this place? And yet the scripture says that we can get hard even though we've seen it, we've been a part of it. We've sat in the room, we've worshipped, we've praised, we've sung the church songs and our hearts are hardened. And so to put this in some kind of context, I believe that the Lord has shown me that if we don't keep on giving attention and application and meditation and time for revelation to get on the inside of us, then we'll move into the familiar and we can sit and be unchanged. Really, our lives are a list, a book of testimonies and stories and accounts of all that our God has done. And do you know, we can rest on our laurels and say, been there, done that. But I tell you, we want to be the people that say, I will never rest on my laurels. I'll never rest in what God did yesterday. I'll never rest in someone else's story. God, do it in me and do it again and keep on doing it over and over and over again because I don't want to be in a place of hardness where it no longer matters, where I'm no longer stirred. God, do it again. We've got to take off the limitations that we've been living with. 
and take off the limitations that we've been trying to coexist with and take off the limitations that we've been trying to manage rather than allowing the one who wants to come into your boat and let his authority stop the wind. My one and only Latin sentence that I can share with you, solvitus ambulando cum dieo. If you speak Latin, I've probably pronounced it very badly. But I can tell you the meaning, it is this, it is solved by walking with God. It is solved by walking with God. It is not solved by hearing about God. It is not solved by not letting him in. It is not solved by not meditating, by not cultivating, by not marinating, by not saturating yourself. It is solved by walking with God. And the scripture says here that they put down the anchor. And they put down their anchor in Gennesaret. This place is known as a fertile place. It's also known as the place of the prince. And I like the direction of this scripture that it's taking us because if we want to grow in God, if we want to keep growing in God, if we want to stay active and alive, if we want to stay and finish our journey with God, we've got to keep putting down our anchor into fertile soil. See, an anchor never goes wide. Anchors themselves aren't as big as the boat. They don't go that wide. They go down. And they go down deep enough to steady the boat. See, what grows in our lives must come out of what grows deep into fertile ground, into personal time with our God into our relationship with him, not just a church experience. I like not only the imagery of this, but I like the truth and the revelation that comes from putting down our anchor into fertile soil. And let me encourage you, that is the truth of God's word. Our anchor goes into that place where the prince the king of all kings, we can say, he's in my boat. And the progression here with these disciples is that the lid is beginning to get lifted. They're beginning to see, they're beginning to feel, they're beginning to understand, they're beginning to get it, they're beginning to know what all of this means in their lives. You see, faith and fear do not coexist together. And Jesus speaks and he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And that's why I think he climbs into the boat with them because had he just kept walking by, they would have been left in a place of fear. They needed to know he was near and not afar off. And that when he comes in the boat, that wind has no option other than to stop. And I believe in this room even tonight that there are some things that are about to die down. There are some situations that are about to settle. There are some situations where the peace and the calmness of the Holy Spirit is coming. But here's the thing also. 
while they were in the boat, while the wind was blowing, while they were in fear, while they did not even know if they're going to make it to the other side, while they were in their place of anxiety, while they were in their place of questioning, why did he send us out here? While they were in their place of fear, before Jesus turned up in the boat, there were people waiting in their future for them to come. The sick, the diseased, the broken, the lost, the ones that had never experienced the name of Jesus were in their future even when the boat was being thrown around. If you thought that your life, when it was being thrown in all directions, that you had no future, you just need to read Jeremiah 29, 11, that tells us that God has given to us a future and a hope. I've come to bring good to your life and not harm. There are people, there are families, there are neighborhoods, there are streets. There is our city waiting in our future. They're waiting in our future. And this hardness of heart had come, and we are called to overcome. We need to give proper consideration and gain insight and application to the things of God. If there were fish and there was bread, God, what do you want me to see? Let me just pause on that for a moment. What do you want to multiply in my own life? What do you want to do the remarkable that I cannot do by human hands? What are you speaking into my life tonight to say, do not be afraid because I'm about to climb into your boat? What can we give application to so that insight and faith will be developed in us? You see, he brings us out of our stories so he can bring us into his His favor, his grace, his covering, his protection is all there for us. Faith grows through application and giving consideration to what Jesus has done so that we can gain insight and revelation. You see, the atmosphere on this place where they landed was ripe. It was ripe. It is ripe for people to be healed. This atmosphere in this room right now is ripe for a breakthrough. It is ripe for your body to be healed and made right even right now. This atmosphere is ripe for the prodigal sons and daughters to come home. This atmosphere is ripe for the church to stand on its feet and to allow Jesus into our boat. Maybe your family's been thrown around like this. We'll invite Jesus into the boat so that the storm has no option other than to cease. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Don't delay. We're going to pray like family prays. We're going to stand and unite like family stands and unites. 
We're going to speak the words of God. You don't have to come up with the words. I don't have to come up with the words. You've just got to speak the word that Jesus gave. If you want to stand at this altar so that we can speak the word of God over your life, come out right now out of your seats to the altar. There's an atmosphere of praise here. There's an atmosphere of faith here. There's an atmosphere that is ripe for God to heal your body, to touch your family, to open up doors of opportunity for you. If you're ready for the storm to cease and to die down and to quieten down and for peace and calm to come to your story, we're going to ask Jesus to come into your boat. You don't have to strain at the oars anymore. Some of you have grown weary in doing well. Stop straining and let him in. Let's worship. If you want prayer, we're going to pray at this altar. Thank you, team, for leading us, if you would.